Hello, and welcome to Sippin' Bitch, a podcast about booze, culture, and friendship served neat. I'm Kat. I'm Diane. And I'm Renee. It's 2019, the U.S. government is closed for renovations, there's a Canadian election coming up, and we still don't have flying cars. As we stumble towards the future, it feels more important than ever that we take time to take care of ourselves, so we're revisiting our episode from November 2016, Sparkling in Self-Care, to talk about how our ideas of self-care and its importance have evolved as we stumble into the third year in the age of Trump. So, grab the drink of your choice and pull up a chair. We'll be right back. So, before we get into tonight's topic, Kath, what are we drinking? Uh, tonight we are drinking cranberry and Agostura bitter mocktails, or what I like to call a Sir John A. It's Agostura bitters and cranberry juice over ice, and then you top it with soda water. You can add more soda water if you like a lighter flavor, less soda water if you like a sweeter flavor. And it's uh, a nice, refreshing drink that settles your stomach after a long night of drinking, or as Sir John A. MacDonald would have called it, hours in which I am awake. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have to say for myself, this drink is especially welcome right now because Auntie Diane went to a friend's 52nd birthday party on the weekend, didn't watch her shot servings, and was reminded the next day at work as to why rum is no longer her friend and what effect a hangover has on a 41-year-old body. Spoiler alert, you consider praying for death. But you had pillow, though. Which, in the spirit of Sir John A., decided to reverse course several hours after I ate it. But... Fear not, there's a good thing. I did take some to go, which I ate earlier today. And you know, it does get better with time. I told you so. <laughs> and on that note, we'll be back. Two years ago, this is how Renee introduced our first episode of our second season. So, the holidays are coming Winter is here, and 2016 has been a really, really shitty year for everything. It's a dumpster fire on top of a lake of hell. And the world hasn't gotten any better since. Ladies, two years into the age of Trump, how are you holding up, and what are you doing to take care of yourself out there? Huh. Well, okay, so when we first talked about this two years ago, I said this. You work in media, and you don't always have the luxury of closing the drapes and turning off your Twitter and putting your phone on mute and crawling into bed and pulling the covers up over your head because you're there in the newsroom. Yeah. So how how do you keep yourself healthy? I guess I just try when I'm not there not to take in all of that coverage. One, because my mom will talk about it anyway because she's a news junkie. And so when I call her, she's like, and I watched this thing on CNN. And I'm thinking, I don't need to watch that right now. I watch it when I'm at work. I don't post political things as much. I mean, I know I haven't been posting anything on the election and the after effects on my Facebook. I just can't do it. I can't take it. I guess I just, I don't want to say I shut down, but that's the only way I can really describe it. Like I try to just go about my business and try to keep that stuff to a minimum because I'm just going to get angry and then I'm going to get tired. This is the time of year, you know, people are having get-togethers. I mean, I have something, I think, nearly every Saturday leading up to Christmas. Right. And I would like to go to all of them because I, I enjoy my friends. 
how do you balance all of that without, you know, basically snapping and hiding under your couch? You got to pick and choose, right? I mean, sometimes if you, you know, you haven't socialized for a while, it's good to get out and get out amongst people. But sometimes when there's so many of them, you've got to be selective. Otherwise, you'll just, I think you'll just be overwhelmed. And two years ago, I said this. I enjoy being around people, but I think like part of my self-care is to be around, I would say, generally positive people. I, I mean, not, not the human equivalent of, you know, empowerment posters, right? You know, n- none of that. And two years ago, I said this. I think cooking is a great form of self-care, and and a lot of people I know talk specifically about cooking and that idea of nourishing yourself. In fact, I think I think Roxanne Gay may have a book coming out that's all her recipes and her thoughts on cooking. She used to write these long blog posts about meals she was trying and about her her ideas as you know as a as a fat woman, the whole fight she had with the whole idea that. She was entitled to nourish herself. But my favorite thing, the best thing, you know, if you can't find a toddler to, like, snuggle you, which is awesome, the second best thing to do when I really need a break from the world is I go to the movies. And it has to be an actual movie in an actual movie theater, you know, where you see things on a 40-foot screen in the dark with a bag of popcorn and... It just allows me to be transported to a different state for a couple of hours. And it, it's an excuse for empathy and an excuse for vulnerability and, an, and often to, to purge feelings that, that would, like I would feel too vulnerable if I did that in public or in other places. But when you go see um, a Disney movie or... or you know, a rom-com or maybe some historical fiction. And it's a safe space to uh, experience empathy and, and let some maybe some of your negative emotions flow out of you while also being entertained, I hope. You know, so, so my recommendation for anyone who really needs a break is take yourself and maybe take your loved ones or maybe leave them behind because they're the reasons you need a break. And go to the theater and see Moana, which is the new Disney movie. I know it's a cartoon, and I I know you may think you're too old for them, but trust me, this is the most charming and delightful and transporting film I've seen in quite some time. And today, as we were preparing for this episode, I went back and I just thought, you know, I thought I'd Google self-care in the age of Trump, and I got 3.3 million results from Google. And the entire first page was how to take care of yourself while Trump is president. Self-care in the age of Trump. Self-care in the age of Trump. How to take care of yourself in the Trump's world. And so clearly we are on topic and on brand. But also I think it just goes to show that it's a tough world out there. People were shook when Trump was elected. And it really, I don't think we were complacent, but it, really made people take another look at the world around them and what they saw was deeply anxious making and I just I don't think anything has gotten better since and just a small corrector I think some people were shook and some people were like 
hi, we warned you, you didn't listen, watch and learn and see what you've wrought on the rest of us sort of thing. Exactly. And we're all suffering for it. Exactly. Like I had said earlier, I mean, I knew this shit was going to go down. Donald Trump did not lie about anything. He did not lie. He told everybody exactly what he was going to do. If you look at his history, you knew the man was a bombastic racist who lies. And I had said two years ago, I was going to surround myself with positive people. And did you surround yourself with positive people? No, because apparently I don't know any positive people. At best, all of you are just like pragmatic. This does not help my (laughs) self-care. Okay, well, let's go back to part of uh, Kat's question. How are we all holding up? Because we're talking about what we said back then. Mm -hmm. So how are we holding up? And are we doing any of the things we said we were doing back then, I think is a good question to revisit. Well, I I thought it was really interesting when I was listening to the old episode, how much I talked about movies. And I told everybody to go see Moana because it just seemed like you needed something life affirming and, and about building yourself up and finding your courage and trusting in your identity and knowing who you are and, and sticking true to those principles and right now I tell you, go see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for kind of the same reasons. It's just, you will just feel happier for those two hours and coming out of the theater than you did when you went in. <laughs> so, in some ways, obviously, I saw Spider-Man. So there, good self-care, Kath. Well done. Uh, in other ways, it's always a learning curve. I thought it was funny because one of the things I talked about was how I was looking forward to a book that Roxane Gay was writing. And when she started writing it, my understanding was it was going to be a book of essays about, similar to what she would, had been posting on her Tumblr, essays about about her writing and, and food she was making and, and sort of learning to to care for herself through cooking. That was not what hunger turned out to be. No, and I read it. No. It was not. It was, it was, I mean, self-care comes in many ways and forms, but in terms of books that, that might lessen your anxiety about the world, wouldn't make my short list. But I am cooking for myself is one of the things I'm trying to do more regularly, or sometimes it's once a week and then I live on leftovers for the rest of the week. Like last night, I made a fantastic lasagna. I will show you the picture on our Facebook page from from my Instagram. This this lasagna was a prince among pastas. It was a thing of beauty. It was a beautiful lasagna. Um, but it's it's still difficult when you're juggling work and stress about work and anxiety about what you hear on the news. It's it's very hard these days to even listen to the news every day without having someone dropping existential angst on your head. I'm not suggesting we should stick our head in the sand, but trying to manage the amount of anxiety that I'm taking in as sort of surface radiation every day to keep myself mentally healthy is a challenge. And because I work not super long hours, but I work, you know, eight or nine, sometimes 10 or 11 hours a day once you factor in the commute, (laughs) and then you come home, it's like, gee, do I want to start that recipe that's going to take me 90 minutes to
to cook? Or what do I have in my freezer that simply goes in the microwave? And again, I like people with children have these problems magnified by they have children. You can't not feed children. <laughs> so it's it's a struggle. It's something I, I think about and try to do, but it's a struggle. And sometimes it's just about learning the right coping mechanism. Like uh, I now hang my laundry to dry in my living room because people come into my living room. So when the laundry's dry, I have to take it down and put it away. Normal Adele stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Renee, I don't know about you. Um. Well, I look back on what I said in 2016 while listening back, and I think what I've done is I have cut back on the amount of hours I spend on my computer, which is good, and by that online. I have started um, reading books. Actually, like, book books. I've always read books, but they were digital. I have gone back to paper because it keeps me offline. Um, I still enjoy what I do for a living. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it has its own stresses, but, you know, I still enjoy that. What I'm, I'm cooking more, and what I'm also doing is I'm listening to more podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to a lot of political, science, history, and I just subscribed to a fashion podcast. We'll see how that goes. But I will tell you something. Listening to political podcasts gets me exercising more. Because you're so mad you're burning off the energy on your treadmill? Yes. I get so angry. I'm just like, I'm just going to listen to I know this podcast is going to annoy me, so I'm just going to get on the treadmill. <laughs> I just be mad on the treadmill for 30 minutes and wow. just like channel it out. So I don't know. I mean, so I'm like keeping up to date on the latest that that's happening like internationally in North America, uh, in Canada. And I don't know. It, it, it's like I'm being informed. And I'm working out. <laughs> so I'm managing my stress levels, I guess. So basically, forget Weight Watchers. Take two Pod Save America a day plus your treadmill. Yes. So take take one Pod Save America, mix it with Pod Save the World, and add a little bit of the big story. Stir, apply on treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> so Diane, how about you? How are you doing? To be honest, I'm not sure. I feel like I'm holding up okay, but also feel like I've aged and not just naturally aged, but like my brain feels like it's aged. Like what? It's been two years. So I feel like it's aged like four years. I just feel weary. And just like, because I work in news, it's kind of like I get a break on my weekends. I go and I live, try to live my life like a normal person. But then I go back into the belly of the beast where it's in my face for four days. So I don't really feel like I get a true break. And so whenever I see stuff now, I do feel like I'm a bit numb or just jaded. Maybe it's a better word is jaded. So, you know, the things that I said that I did back in the day, like I still, you know, try not to absorb lots of news coverage when I'm not in the office. And I try my best to stay off of Facebook. And actually, if anybody's noticed, if you don't like tag me in things or tag me in pictures, I really don't post all that much. Like I'm almost non-existent unless I need to ask a question. And I also mentioned that like my favorite self-care methods are things like reading and cooking. I still do cook. So I'm like Kath and that, that can be a a form of like self-care, but I am not reading as much as I used to. And that is surprising for me. Like, I feel like you, I listen to more podcasts now than I read. 
I don't know what that says about me, whether I'm just more, a more auditory person now because that's what I can digest. I can't sit down and read because I don't have time. But yeah, I kind of balance it between like news podcasts and like non-news podcasts. And then recently, I I don't know, maybe December was a really dark month for me because I listened to a horror podcast, a dramatic podcast called The Horror Dolores Roach, <laughs> which was really good. It's just dark. That's very unlike you, though. And then I, right afterwards, I listened to Dirty John. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how my outlook on, on the world is right now, so. I I have been avoiding Dirty John. I, I don't have an opinion of the male gender to start with. Sorry, dudes. It's almost not your fault. Um, when I went back and listened to our old episode, you were talking about your mom being a news junkie. Is your mom still hitting you with all the stories of the day when you talk to her? No, not as much. Like, she now tries to turn off her TV. If she's in front of it, it's just because she fell asleep on the couch and it happened to be on. And usually it's local news. It's not even CNN so much anymore. That's awesome. I mean, it... okay, so my dad has an iPhone, mm-hmm. so he's texting me more, and he's mm-hmm. texting me in block paragraphs. Oh, and it's always about something that Trump has just done or Trump has just said or someone who works for Trump has just done or said. And... I don't want to dissuade him from texting me, but also a lot of the time I look at my phone and the only thing I can think is, why do I need to know this at 2.30 on a Thursday afternoon? (laughs) While working for the government. (laughs) It's a little bit meta in a weird sideways thing. Is it meta? Yeah, it's it's like... My it, it I th- and I think we all are in this cycle. Like my dad isn't on social media; he hates the very idea of it. So instead of tweeting the internet, he texts me. He'd be a ranty old man on Twitter, but he hates Twitter. So instead, I get like the ranty texts. And it's on the one hand, I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and on the other hand, I think, ah, maybe not. I <laughs> Maybe. I just don't discuss politics with my parents anymore. Okay, maybe my dad. But something I want to revisit when we come back is something both of you just said. You, Kath, about, you know, what, you know, you just don't want to get texts about stuff you just don't need to know at 2.30 on a Thursday afternoon. Um, It's like, how do you balance knowing what kind of news information you want to get and you should get versus, you know, all the detritus? And, Diane, what you said about being jaded i mean i know you said numb first but more jaded especially in in you know the industry that you're in so we will be right back we're gonna refresh our cranberry this is gonna be like the driest episode we've ever done (laughs) i hope just in reference to the drinks just in reference to the drinks (laughs) all right we'll be right back Uh, we left the conversation at the point where, you know, we were talking about feeling jaded and side-eyeing Kath's dad on his insistence on keeping her up to date on the latest in Trumplandia. See, Kath, this is where Twitter would be actually useful. So the question now is, how are we preventing ourselves from being jaded to the shit show that is going on locally in the U.S. and globally? So despite the, I guess, what we can call a fact that Twitter is a cesspool. yes. I do try to find the corners of joy that prevent me from walking off the earth because they do still exist. So because facts are facts, black Twitter 
and videos of animals are a bomb for my weary old soul. So <laughs> if you ever see my timeline, you will see um, news stories, but you'll also see that other sort of stuff interspersed in my feed. And I think you kind of referenced this in the last one of the last segments, but I think it's also okay to unplug and walk away from your computer to clear your head and just look at something different. Um, like, for example, first day of the new year, I got up, I did my annual pancake stack, and then I decided, oh, my friends organized a walk today. I should probably get out of the house. So I did. So we met at Summerhill Station. We walked through some wealthy neighborhoods down to a ravine. And, like, we eventually made our way down to um, Cabbage Town. And that was great. Like, I wasn't listening to a podcast, walking around my, my business. I wasn't being irritated on the TTC, you know. It was just nice looking at things in my own city and getting reacquainted with my own city. And speaking of getting up and walking away, I think it's also time for me to take a trip because my last big trip was in 2017. And I think that might be part and parcel in addition to everything else as to why I'm starting to feel a little bit squirrely. Like I feel a little bit like, like my skin is crawling. So I think I need to like go somewhere. It was Cambodia, right? Yes, it was Cambodia uh, back in February 2017. Oh, nice. You are over you. Kath, so before you text your dad something you might regret... How are you going to manage his texting at you, which is, you know, low-key me asking you, how are you managing the political conversation with your parents? Well, it's, it's not really something I manage. It used to be something that I let upset me a lot, and I am still not completely solved that puzzle. Uh, but, I don't know, you know, my dad will text me, and that's fine. I don't care. I don't mind. It's kind of funny. He doesn't read nuance in text, and he doesn't understand emoji, so I think sometimes he gets confused when I text him back because he thinks I'm being serious. When You've gotten texts from me. My normal text tone of voice is extremely arch and comes with a healthy side eye at the end of it. Uh, But apart from that, I've basically made a a promise to myself to try and step back from the family blood sport. And I also kind of went fifth column. I gave my dad a copy of Ta-Nehisi Coates' We Were Eight Years in Power for Christmas. Ooh. And I said to him, you may hate everything in this book, but every year I try and get you a book that you'll like. This year I got you a book that I'll like. You may hate it, but, you know, have at it. Wow, you just dropped him in the deep end with that book. Wow. Yeah, so... I'm sorry you didn't get him that book, We Need to Talk About Race. Maybe that would have killed him, so never mind. I don't know. I think I've now gone on, like, some domestic terror watch list or something. You're banned from his house. Jesus. You are banned from his house. No, I'm sure it won't come to that. You know, it is in a way related to self-care because one of the forms of self-care I have taken up again is therapy. Therapy is really helpful when you find a therapist you can work with. I am still auditioning therapists, but even in the couple of doctors I've seen, uh, even though it's not been, you know, long-term relationships, we've had a couple of good solid dates I decided, you know, what fit wasn't quite right. I'm going to keep playing the therapeutic field. But 
I am, you know, learning some things, learning to look at myself and the way I respond to certain um, inputs differently and trying to learn to respond with less aggression or understand where my instinct, you know, fight comes from and just like try and be more calm and more enlightened. And that usually lasts until like a BBC news update hits my phone. (laughs) So that's the flip side of it. Like my dad texts me stuff, but normally what my dad texts me is, is it's almost always something that the BBC has already sent me the headline. And I've looked at my phone going, nope, not reading that article. And then my, I get the text from my dad. I'm like, yeah, no, my first response not to read that article was the, the way to go. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, Okay, I am taking it one text at a time. <laughs> what about you, Renee? Um, well, I disabled all notifications, all news notifications on my phone. I got rid of that. I'm like, no, I do not need to be continually conditioned to look at my phone all the time. Um, I think for me, the thing is trying to achieve that balance where you want to know what's going on, but you don't want to swim in the sludge that accompanies it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, hold on. It was that whole thing. So Prime Minister Trudeau is doing one of his tours. And there's this whole thing. There's a bunch of people who are, like, threatening to assassinate. They're, like, assassination threats and calls for assassinations. And I'm like, no, I am not diving into that. I, I'm going to read, like, this one new- news article. I am not diving into social media on that. And... I mean, like for me, I, I want to remain politically involved for many, many reasons that not just include my vested self-interest, but it's getting harder to remain immersed on a 16 out of 24 hour level because that's just not healthy for you. I think I've like given myself indigestion. I, th- I think the biggest thing we've learned over the last two and a half years because we had our faces shoved in it was how unhealthy the constant engagement of social media really was. Mm-hmm. We should all be here for a good time, not for a long time. And I, I think that's kind of what you're saying, that, that there's a need to be engaged, but we have to be more judicious about how we choose to spend that engagement. Exactly. So for now, for me, it's about curating my experience, which can be good, but let's be honest, it can probably and will lead to like that liberal bubble. So, I mean, for me, it's a work in progress. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm going to start reading the Toronto Sun on a daily basis. I'm not going to torture myself that much. Well, you know, The Economist exists. Oh, I read The Economist. I don't sit down and read it from cover to cover because it is so dense. You literally have to be waiting in jury duty to finish reading that thing in one day. Right? Life is about choices. And the choice is you can read The Economist or you can literally do everything else you had planned to do that week. Exactly. So to kind of summarize this, I mean, wait, before we do, actually, any thoughts, Diane, Kath, any more on that? No. No, I think the, I, the only thing I would, I would say I have noticed, and it's, it's tragic, but also hopefully in the long term it will be useful. Mm-hmm. We talk, and by we I mean sort of the general culture, those of us that live in and out of the Internet, uh, and are engaged with 
the conversation out there in the ether in 2019. We do talk, we're talking today about self-care. We're talking about our engagement with news. We're talking about, I mentioned therapy, you know, our relationships with our families. We talk about mental health, both directly and indirectly, a lot more now than we used to. And I think that's really important um, because uh, uh, a friend of a friend, um, uh, lost a friend of his to suicide last week and we all know if you live in Toronto or if you live in any major city with a subway um, the number of people attempting and unfortunately succeeding and taking their lives on the subway we talk about that a lot more than we used to and it's good that we're not hiding it but I also want the I want you people to know despair is not an end point it's mm. it's a description of how you're feeling it's not a state so to kind of summarize, I mean, is there an actual answer or is it just a case of we're just trying to keep our heads above water until end of this year, 2020? I, <laughs> I feel like we just find what works and just when something doesn't work, change it out and try and find something else that works to help us sort of keep above water. Maybe it's just cheese. Maybe the answer is cheese. Maybe the answer. I think cheese. the answer might be more cheese and more cheese parties. Like the old Bell Telephone conversation used to say, reach out and touch someone in a consensual, reciprocal, affirmative manner. With cheese? Well, maybe not only with cheese. (laughs) Kath ended the consensual, reciprocal part. Bell didn't actually say that stuff, but we know what you mean. We know what you mean, but always more cheese. And on that note, that is it for us uh, this, this episode. I'm Renee. I'm Kath. And I'm Diane. Thank you for listening. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on whatever platform you're using. Um, You can also uh, access us on our Facebook page, which I believe is if you put pour a glass of wine into the search bar or sip and bitch, our page should come up. We're also on Twitter. Uh, Where are we at? Pour a glass of wine. Pour a a glass of wine at gmail.com. And yeah, hit us up on the social media. Tell us if you have any self-care tips or practices that you find really helpful. Or maybe tell us if you have some self-care failures and you need some suggestions on ways you can take better care of yourself. We are a resource. We are here to help. We are not professionals. (laughs) We do have cheese, though. (laughs) We do have cheese. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.